Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. The premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to 100000 plus a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen with Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was, at that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC, which is amazing. Wes Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. And welcome in to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler West and Chris along with you on this Monday morning. As we're just 19 days away 
and kick off between the two Carolinas up there in Charlotte as we get closer and closer. We get set for the second full week of camp. Guys, over the weekend, we had the scrimmage on Saturday. You guys got a little bit of a peek at uh, practice on Friday as well, and I talked about this with Colin. Apparently, Mario Anderson, very good dancer. Great dancer. Uh, Shane Beamer had a front row seat. He seemed extremely entertained, as did the rest of the coaching staff and players. Uh, don't know if Mario, we have not had Mario in the Garnet Trust Hour. I feel like Maybe he might be a fun him. guy to talk to. Might be a fun guy. Need to find out who the best dancer is. I, I don't know, but he's got to be up there. It was pretty good. I mean, if you can pull off a split in football gear, that's that's impressive. Not full pads that day. Not yeah, full pads, but still. If you can pull off a split just in the sentence there. Yeah, yeah. you can pull <laughs> off a split. Period. Uh, yeah, that that was cool. They, it was, it was been, um, this is going to sound so cliche, but guess what? I'm going to say it anyway. There has been very high energy at practice when we've been out there. Like, not just manufactured, like, oh, yeah, the guys look, uh, <laughs> the guys look like they uh, really care. No, like, there, there's been a extremely high from the, the 11-on-11 little bit we saw where guys are chirping back and forth. And, um, you know, it, it's been good. And apparently, so, I, I don't want to say I butchered it, but... Um, I left out quite a bit of details when I posted in our updates about his uh, his dance, and so he uh, basically that was a fraternity step out. So okay. when uh, George Clinton's Atomic Dog comes on, which is what they were playing, um, that is like the uh, Q Dogs anthem. Gotcha. I think is what some of our subscribers were telling me on Gamecock uh, Central after I the see. I saw, I saw Mario does have the uh, the brand. Yes, the Omega. Yeah. So that's that's where that came from. Now, I are see. you... I, I have a question about this. Don't ask me okay. a question. I don't have an answer. We'll have to solicit it from our subscribers. Yes. I was going to say, can any... You you must be in the fraternity probably to step out. You cannot be an outsider. I, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to say <laughs> that's, yes. That's my assumption. Let us know on the Firehouse Subs text line. Yeah, 803 6100. My question was, is he going to break out the split if he scores a touchdown? Would that be considered excessive celebration? He just hits it and comes back up real quick? I think, what is the rule? If you have like a teammate around you, you can do anything you want. If you don't have a teammate, you <laughs> get flagged for looking into the stands. Who, knows what, who knows what the rules waving. are at these points? He might, he might be time. benched if he does a split in the game. I don't. I, I think Beamer, Hardesty, Loggins are going to be like, nah, you, you got to we can't do that in the game. It's yeah. one thing to do it in shorts. We're going to start doing it in full pads and everything. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about the scrimmage here in a moment. Anything notable that stuck out from your observations for Friday? I mean, and I, I'm sure we're going to get to this. We'll have the, the Beamer cut there as well. But the, the obvious was just, uh, you know, hey, who's missing? Who's not practicing? Uh, we had anticipated the absence of Juice Wells and Trey Knox. That ended up being the case on Friday you know, some other guys banged up, some other guys returning. So, uh, you know, I, I will say this, like I, not not to just echo what Shane Beamer said, but I mean, I feel like we go through this every year. There is a, a, a freak out if a guy is missing practice. Yeah. And um, let, let me get in my, my first Tyler is a Georgia fan reference that I've done in three weeks. I've, I've really you, held you've off. Been, you've, been, I, you've been better. I, I have a point though. You... 
I'm assuming grew up following Georgia. I did, yes. Um, so I, I'm trying to provide some context here. If you're listening and you follow any other team out there, maybe you can sort of join in on this as well. Everybody on the planet right now that is involved in a college football team, you're going to have injuries sure. in, in spring ball. You're going to have injuries in summer workouts. You're going to have injuries in preseason camp. You have injuries during the season yes. because we have grown men slamming into each other with yes, some padding, but let, let's let's be honest. Like people are going to get hurt. Yes, go go. Just put your take your hands and just slam them into something, and tell me how it feels. Like you have offensive and defensive linemen slamming together every single play. So, guess what? There's going to be injuries. The, the thing that gets me is kind of like the, oh, here we go again. We always have these. Yes, so does everybody else. It is freaking football. So, th- to me, the key, yeah, you got you to gotta hope. Uh, if, you're, uh, if you're a praying type, you got to pray <laughs> that you're going to avoid the big one. Avoid the big injury. That is the key to preseason ball. We and I'm not saying South Carolina hasn't dealt with the big one because they they have, but this is a fact of football, and that's why you have to try everything in your power to build depth, and it's why you have to try everything in your power to sort of walk the line between being physical in practice and being, um, you know, keep keeping everybody healthy. Let's call it what it is. But Juice Wells, there, there's a re, there's a reason that Juice Wells was at practice in the prior practices, but was not out there for the, sort of the 11 on 11, the full team work. He has been, quote unquote, banged up, lower body injury. He's been banged up for really prior, even prior to camp. But there's always a, okay, how, how, what's the best way to bring this thing forward? What's the best way to get your guy back for as much on-field real football as possible and at this point the best way to do it is to shut him down now in order to put him in a position to be 100 percent for as much as the season as possible as beamer said they're hopeful they expect the way he attacks things that he will be back for game one that would be something certainly to continue to track not saying that you shouldn't be worried about possibly not having your best receiver, arguably your best overall player, in my opinion. I get it. But injuries, the when you see those lists, and it's like, this guy's hurt, this guy's hurt, this guy's hurt. This Yeah, everybody's going to have a list like that if you include every bump, bruise, anything on the list. So rant over. I'll see you all later. <laughs> Let's hear what Beamer did have to say about those injuries on Saturday after the scrimmage. Uh, Injury-wise, you know, we're in decent shape. We had some guys that got banged up today, but they all came back and and finished. So that was good to see. So unless something changes between now and uh, tonight or tomorrow morning, uh, came out of the scrimmage and in good shape. Uh, The only guys that that didn't scrimmage today were uh, uh, Terrell Dawkins, um, he, you know, expect him back. All these guys I'm about to name, or we expect back next week. Um, Terrell, uh, Terrell Dawkins, excuse me. 
Let me back up. Terrell Dawkins, expect him back next week. Uh, Kelton Henderson, freshman receiver. He didn't scrimmage today. He's got a little bit of a hamstring. No issues as well. Uh, Pup didn't scrimmage today. We expect him back next week. Trey Knox didn't ex- didn't scrimmage today. We expect him back Monday. Uh, Reed McKeska, he's dealing with a little bit of a lower body injury. He may be a few more weeks. Uh, David Spalding didn't scrimmage today. Expect him back next week. And then Juice Wells didn't scrimmage today. Um, he uh, won't be back next week, but optimistic that he'll be ready for game one, uh, knowing how Juice uh, uh, attacks things. He's got a little bit of a lower body injury that he's dealing with right now and, and uh, nothing long term. Just some things that he's got to uh, get a get a hold of, and uh, he assures me he's playing game one. And knowing him, he will. Uh, but other than that, like I said, everybody should be back next week, except uh, Reed McKeska, and he may, he may be a couple more weeks. So as it stands through eight practices, we're in good shape. It's not uh, uh, DEFCON three like supposedly it's been on social media the last couple of days about some injuries out there. My God, uh, it's football, fellas. There's injuries. There's things that happen in practice. Guys get banged up. They come back. They're tough. It's called football. Uh, so like where we are as a, as a team and, and toughness and mental and physical and got a lot to improve on, but it's a good start to eight practices. And again, Beamer's kind of reaffirming what Wes said right there. Nothing to worry about at this point in time. Nothing crazy, nothing major. And for a guy like Juice, it's more precautionary than anything else. Just, you know, your normal uh, nicks and bangs up that you have through the first couple of weeks of camp, and he should be fine by the time the season gets here. Whose rant was better, Wes or Beamer? Send, cl- Tyler, clip Wes's rant and send it to Beamer and see what okay. he, he would appreciate it. Yeah, I think I'll enjoy he, that. Yeah, he, he might. I mean, and I, I again, I get it, and I... Yeah, totally. There, there is all. There is also a difference between saying Juice Wells will be back next week, and you know, I expect the, I expect no. the way Juice Wells attacks things that he will be back for for game one. So that that does not, you know, let's let's call it for all sides. I'm not saying you have to blindly be like Juice Wells is going to be 100. percent He's running out there in Charlotte to to beat UNC. Not saying that by any means. I I get it, and. um you know, here, here's the thing about injuries. We sort of look at it like we're playing the video game 10 years ago and, oh, it says they're going to be out for two weeks. <laughs> they're out for two weeks. And again, go slam your fist into something hard and break your finger, and then they're going to tell you, hey, it's going to be better in approximately X number of weeks. And we've, we've it, all had injuries. It's, sometimes, it's, sometimes it's back. In a week, sometimes it's a month. Like Wes, you're setting yourself up to get sent so many doctor's bills. Well, I they don't have my. So, hey, he said to slam my hand into this thing. Yeah, can we? Can you hit one of those little disclaimers that talks about a million miles a minute? But no, for y'all, y'all get the point though. I feel like we just have a tendency of forgetting that these are people. Yes. Like, yeah. Well, they're not just you know, a name. They're not just yeah. a jersey. Like they are people. You everybody heals differently. We're also at that point in time where, again, you guys do get your availabilities a couple of times a week, but we're not getting the full scope of viewing that we're going to get in the season. So any little bit of information, people do kind of tend to run with. So if you do hear that, hey, Trey Knox wasn't participating in practice today, kind of like that game of telephone you play with the kid. One person says to another and eventually gets down the line that Trey Knox is out for the season or something ridiculous like that. And then Shane Bieber, of course, has to say, no, everything's fine. Got taken out of con or taken out of proportion through social media, of whatever or whatever it may be. Well, we'll remember the Trey Knox 
the evening that happened, it was an immediate, like, it wasn't, I had to go back and remind myself of the DEFCON levels. Beamer said three. <laughs> I had to Google it. That was like a, that wasn't a DEFCON three. One is the worst. Yeah, one's like the worst. Are imminent. The Trey Knox thing was like a DEFCON five, which is the lowest. But like, there was a, a mild freak out. Yes. It's like, do we want to. Yeah, maybe, even before Friday. Right. It's, it's like, let's, let's kind of just make sure well, maybe I, that he's hurt or I, maybe he just like sat out practice. Right. Cause I asked you guys about this on Friday. Like, is there anything about this we need to talk about? And you said, not at that point in time. No, I mean, like, let's make sure. Um, now, the juice thing, if he doesn't play, yeah, that's that's a concern, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, like, yeah. like I was trying to say, I I don't want to I don't want to present it that hey, this is just this is just a bruise, yeah. the juice yeah, that uh, exactly. you know that he's gonna be a hundred percent, you know, in ten days. Like that <laughs> right. that's that is not the case. Like yes, it, it is a real injury. Depending on how it heals will depend mm-hmm. on what he is at for you know for week one. Point point being the they don't want this to be and I feel I feel like I can speak I feel like this is the truth. They don't want this to be something that is lingering yeah. throughout the season. So there ha- with every injury there is a not every injury, but every somewhat uh you know notable injury, there's a point where you have to say, All right, is it better that you just kinda are gonna fight through it? You're gonna take this approach versus let's take a little bit more aggressive approach to having something um, dealt with now with the uh, goal of just it being 100% for the uh, the added future. So I, I think I think that is the case here with Juice Wells. And um, you, you don't want to be dealing with a lower body injury that just nags mm-hmm. for the entire season because the second it gets hit or stepped on or let's be honest you're changing direction as uh, anybody any skill player you're changing direction all the time so it, it can go in, in an instant ask chris about his uh kickball and soccer <laughs> days out <laughs> Too there bad now. ankles now but i mean especially with receivers the way that they're out there planning cutting running around inside and out you I, know? I think what beamer is and he this is not the first time he's gotten irritated about this type of thing it's just the immediate propensity to go extremely negative i mean we saw it. juice wells is a little more understandable the trey knox thing oh god trey knox it's like he just kind of tweaked his knee like his football it's fine and fortunately for south carolina they're in a better spot than some. I mean, we've already seen, to your point, Wes, two of USC's opponents, Florida and Texas A&M, they've each lost a starter, an impactful starter, to an ACL tear. You know, Justice mm-hmm. Boone out at Florida, Donovan Green, the tight Sumter end at Texas guy. A&M, out for the season. So you knock on wood, you, you pray, like Wes said, that that doesn't happen. Let, let me say also, again, I get it. Is there a little bit of PTSD here from... Some Shane or from some uh, Will Muschamp injury reports <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> Leg, uh, where he, you had. Uh, I mean, I remember you have you have a guy. Oh, he's a game time decision, and then it gets announced after the game that they've literally, you know, are scheduled <laughs> for surgery or have already had season ending surgery. So, uh, you know, Much Muschamp even has even said after the fact at times. Oh yeah, we. Um, I think it was Brian Edwards, one of those Clemson games where Brian couldn't play. Oh, yeah, we sort of talked it up a little bit that he might be able to go when he absolutely could not have. So, 
I, I think there is a little bit of just um, kind of DJ wanted. fear factor there. That was the best. Oh yeah, right. I, hoping to get him back next week. Like he's <laughs> definitely out in a like, boot, the in rest a boot. of the season. Yeah, yeah, playing out there with one foot. <clears throat> We'll, uh, we'll hear what Coach Beamer had to say and talk a little bit about the scrimmage itself on Saturday. Coming up next on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. Guys, we tell you about Firehouse Subs every single day, and there's a reason for that. It's because there's a sub for you, a sub of the day every single day. Uh, but also, we've been telling you recently about the pepperoni pizza meatball sub. Go to FirehouseSubs.com or go to the Firehouse Subs app and order one now. If you order it on the app, Chris, $6, medium? $6. It's got garlic butter, uh, crispy pepperoni, one of my favorite parts, the extra cheese. And I believe, Chris, if you order it on the app on Monday, which uh, today is Monday, you get double rewards as well. Man, I I have racked up the rewards I I started spending them. I was up to thirty thousand. Thirty thousand. Thirty thousand points. That'll get you like three medium subs. I think. That'll get you a firehouse sub store. <laughs> I got thirty thousand points. Uh, you can you can add on to your points as well. Order on Monday though. Again, double the points. Uh, Rapid Rescue Firehousesubs dot com. Get the try if you haven't tried it yet. I promise you, you are gonna love it. Pepperoni pizza meatball sub right now. Firehouse subs lunch. All right, come back with more about Saturday's scrimmage. Coming up next, Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen, with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head, on your home of the Gamecock, 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, Presented by Firehouse Subs here on 1075 The Game. Tyler West and Chris along with you talking all things Gamecocks in reference to the scrimmage from this past weekend. Let's let you listen to what Coach Beamer had to say afterwards about his assessment of the scrimmage as a whole. Got some really good work in uh, out there today. Got about 80 plays in, uh, which was about the number that we wanted going into this thing. Some really quality work on, on both sides of the ball. I wanted to really emphasize our younger players today and see uh, see what they can do and give them an opportunity to get out there and, and um, show if they can have a role this upcoming season or not. And it was good to see a lot of those guys out there uh, flashing today. Um, you know, in my mind, just way too many, uh, too many penalties that negated uh, explosive plays offensively or holding penalties on the, in the secondary on defense that extended drives as well. So we, you know, pride ourselves on playing uh, smart football. You know, year one here in 2021, we were one of the fewest penalized teams in this league. Last year, we were one of the most. Uh, so we've got to get that cleaned up. Had too many of those today that we didn't need. And then, um, you know, explosive plays. Offense uh, created uh, a handful of of them today, which was good to see. And then defensively played pretty good. I thought just we got to eliminate the explosives as well. But like the group, uh, similar to what I've told you guys before, it's a hardworking group to be on practice number eight today. Uh, you know, I know we're a tough team and, and we play hard and play physical. We just got to get a lot of the other stuff cleaned up and uh, through one scrimmage now. Got another week of preseason camp coming up and then another scrimmage next Saturday uh, as well. 
and then you know really start to hone in on you know who who we are and who we're going to going into game game one with but certainly feel like we've made a lot of improvements uh, through these first eight practices and really like coaching this group uh, from top to bottom a lot to unpack there and again media and fans weren't able to be there for the scrimmage so we just have to go off what coach beamer did tell us there 80 plays which is about standard normal game in terms of plays run a lot of flags um, as he mentioned, they were the one of the worst penalized teams last year, some that obviously needs to be um, uh, addressed as we lead up to the season. Now, I imagine in a scrimmage, they're probably a little bit more he- heavy-handed with the flags just so guys are more aware um, and you know, won't truly kind of know what that difference is until we get into week one against North Carolina. Yeah, like the, it's the time-old uh, question of if you do something well on offense, um Awesome for the offense. If you do something well on offense, bad for the defense. So how do you, I think, how do you judge that? I don't know. I think you obviously, you want a high quality scrimmage on both sides where both sides are playing the game at at a high level and minimizing their busts, minimizing, uh, you know, mental mistakes. I mean, isn't it, are all interceptions created equal? I would say no. Uh, You know, an interception where both guys, play the ball well and and somebody just takes it away is probably different than, you know, a guy runs a wrong route or a guy just makes a bad throw. Um, You know, I I think when you you hear, you know, their defensive holding calls, uh, you know, with the ball in the air, you don't really know was that a guy just was not in position, like it was a technique or athletic issue, a guy was not in position, had to reach, had to grab because he was beat, or... You know, is is that where a guy was perfectly in phase, balls in the air, it's just a competitive play, both guys are fighting for the ball, and, you know, somebody gets there a little bit early. We we don't know without being there. So yeah. it, it is really hard to dive into that, I think. Uh, from what I've heard, though, it, it was a fairly high-quality scrimmage just in terms of overall play, uh, especially compared to some reports I've gotten from scrimmage ones in the past, generally a scrimmage one can be, um, you know, just a cluster. So I, I think you you look at that. I'm sure there were lots of things to be cleaned up. I tend to think this thing ultimately, guys, goes back to what we talked about really all leading up to preseason. O-line play. Can you stop the run on defense? Can you create the run on offense? Chris has an article up about turnovers. Those are two things that I just think – how do you judge them right now? If you if you go out there and rush for 200-and-something yards in the scrimmage, you're still incredibly concerned about the other side of the ball. If you turn the ball over, you're happy if you're Clayton White and Torian Gray and Starling Lucas and that whole bunch. If you um, you know are, are, are not having turnovers, you're happy with Rattler and the whole offense, but you're sitting there saying, hey, why is the defense not producing anything? So um, you don't really know until you play. But uh, I think those are still those are keys. If Carolina is going to be who they want to be, right? O line play, just in general. If you want to talk about a position group, but then the the whole turnover discussion on both sides and the whole running the football discussion or stopping the run, you know, kind of on both sides, are maybe my three biggest keys to this season going into it right now. Yeah, and I think you kind of look at it as what do you want to hear coming out of a scrimmage. This scenario with what we have heard, Wes, and I know we're still continuing to kind of get some returns behind the scenes on what we've heard about it, but we had heard some things. 
And I think it's probably better just to hear, hey, both sides made some plays. Because like you said, you're really not going to know until they line it up against North Carolina. That That's going to be a pretty good measuring stick for this team. You know, if game one was Furman, you still wouldn't know. North Carolina will be a pretty good measuring stick. We still won't know the identity of this team. We didn't know, heck, we didn't know the identity of last year's team until uh, we still don't know. Over. <laughs> we still don't know, you know, because of the inconsistency. So, um, you know, I think it's probably more ideal now to not hear, hey, the offense dominated, hey, the defense dominated. Right now, if you've got both sides, both faces making some plays in a scrimmage, that might be the best case scenario. But there's still there's going to be some mystery here until you kick it off game one. And we'll hear a little bit more from Beamer coming up next, specifically about Spencer Rattler and his progress he's made through camp up to this point. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs right here on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. Hey, if you're looking for brand name, great insurance, outstanding coverage at a great price, Call up our friend Amy Mason Cup at Amy Mason Cup State Farm. Her office is right down the road off of the St. Andrews Road exit, 612 St. Andrews Road, Ashland Park Plaza. That's sweet four. Again, right off of the I-26 St. Andrews Road exit, amymasoncup.com. When my family was looking to switch and save on our insurance, we turned to Amy Mason Cup State Farm. She took care of the rest. Local agent, South Carolina native, an experienced, knowledgeable, responsive, very helpful team. They can help you with all sorts of insurance policies, whether it's home, auto, business, boat, renters, life, so much more. They can also bundle all of those products for you to help maximize your savings and make sure that you have outstanding coverage so that when something happens, you know you are protected. Whatever your insurance needs are, Amy Mason Cup State Farm has you covered. Give her a call, 803 772 Ask her how you can switch and save. The website is amymasoncup.com. That's A-M-Y-M-A-S-I-N-C-U-P-P.com. 803-772-5554. If you want to pay her a visit, 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4 in Columbia. Switch and save with Amy Mason Cup. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What does Coach Beamer think of Spencer Rattler's development so far in camp? Hit that next Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs, 107.5 The Game. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 1075 The Game. All right, and welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs here on 1075 The Game. Quick reminder about the 1075 The Game summer golf tournament kicking off the football season. Coming up Friday, August 25th. That is next Friday at Charwood Golf Club in West Columbia. If you want to take part, it's $100 per person, $400 per team. Going to have lunch provided by Firehouse Subs. Going to be raffling off football season tickets, as well as tickets to the home opener versus Furman and passes to Carowinds as well. If you want to take part, give Charwood a call, 803-755-2000. Again, 803-755-2000 if you want to register. Listening to more of what Beamer had to say on Saturday after the scrimmage, one thing that the entire team, as specifically Spencer Rattler, working to improve on this offseason is turnovers. South Carolina turned the ball over 27 times last year. Here's what Beamer had to say about that on Saturday. 
funny you said that's pretty good um i feel good so through four through what is this practice eight uh practice seven practice five through five practices uh we did a study just what were our turnovers through the first through five practices in 2021 and 2022 what were how many turnovers did were there in, in team periods through the first five practices and compared to 2023 and through fir- through five practices the turnovers had been cut in half from an offensive standpoint so great from an offensive standpoint not so good from a defensive standpoint because we want them to be creating turnovers and they weren't creating them at the rate they had the last two seasons and then as soon as I tell the offense that they go out the next day and we had six and that was by like four four more than we had had in any practice all year uh, also off all, excuse me all preseason but to answer your question um uh good we really didn't uh, have many today there was a ball that got uh, a pass there was a kind of a bang bang play and ball got popped up in the air and uh, JT, JT gear, um, he got the interception. So it's actually two straight practices that our only turnover was a defensive lineman getting an interception. Tonka had one yesterday in practice. Uh, so we've got to continue to, you know, emphasize creating turnovers defensively, but so far so good. You know, the offense has, has done a good job with it. And like I've said before to you guys, that's, that's everybody. It's not just the running backs holding onto the ball. It's quarterback making good decisions. It's, it's, uh, you know, blitz pick up and where we don't get hit in the back by a free rusher and things like that. And again, you're not going to go through an entire season without turnovers. It's just part of the game. But compared to where they were a season ago, definitely feels like there's some progress being made. Yeah, here, here's this is so critical, I think. And Shane Beamer has been very uh, he has not minced words in the turnover category. He, he didn't say it this time, but he has used the word embarrassing in the past to describe his team's turnover was. So you look back year one, 2021, USC's last in the SEC in the turnover department. And I think only four teams in the entire country were worse. Last season, the problem was even worse. Tyler, you gave the stat 27 turnovers. That was once again last in the SEC. And only three teams in the country were worse. I went back and looked. The three teams that were worse in South Carolina in the turnover category were four and eight. One and eleven, Northwestern was one of them, and five and eight. So uh, did not probably five and seven. I don't know why it says five. Oh no, they made a bowl game. Five and seven bowl games. So they were five and eight. Not good, right? What that probably points to is those teams weren't good really at anything. Northwestern certainly wasn't good at anything. Sure. But if you turn the ball over that much, you're typically not a very good football team. So you know what evened it out for South Carolina was a few different factors. They obviously had some games where they didn't struggle as much with turnovers. Tennessee scored 63 points. They were explosive. They didn't have any turnovers. Then um, they were really good creating turnovers, which Beamer pointed out. They were third in the SEC um, after a top 15 finish in 2021. They were third in the SEC behind Florida and Mississippi State. So they're really good there. And then obviously great special teams play. Really, South Carolina was kind of Normally, if you turn over the ball that much, you're not going to be good. Yeah, They had some things to offset it. So the question coming in this year, I think there's a couple questions as it relates to turnovers. Number one, can you be better offensively at not turning it over? For instance, if South Carolina can kind of track on that same path and turn it over half or even a little over half of what they did last year, you feel pretty good about that. Definitely. Defensively. I don't think you can rely on being that good, as good as you've been the past couple seasons at creating turnovers. You, don't, you certainly can't count on it 
Yeah. You know, we've seen we've seen this movie in the past where teams that are overly reliant on turnovers, if it flips another year or it flips in a game during the season, then you have some trouble. You got to be just better, you know, at, at stopping the run. You got to be better at just getting key stops, at making the other team kick field goals as opposed to touchdowns. So I think there's got to be an evening out. So maybe things are not as extreme this year, right? Maybe you're not quite as good at forcing turnovers, but you're a lot better or somewhat better protecting the football offensively. And if that's the case, I think that'd be a good scenario for this team. Now, if you can be as good defensively at creating turnovers while wiping out some of them on the offensive side, that's a really good sign for your team. But as Wes was said earlier, it's still it's hard when you're just playing yourself, basically, in these scrimmage situations in practice. It's kind of hard to get a, a sense for where you're going to fall until the season starts. We'll hear more from Beamer as we wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour coming up next here on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. Hey guys, uh, I've been telling you really for the last couple months, if uh, you're looking for a gift for that person in your life that is just really hard to buy for, or uh, you know, maybe you just want to do something special for that person in your life, uh, maybe take their favorite autograph, favorite jersey, favorite team flag, and uh, have a custom framing job from uh, Goldline Framing in West Columbia. Owner Kendall Walsh, manager Johnny James, they're going to take care of you in any and all your custom framing needs. That could be diplomas, original artwork, canvases, jerseys, flags. They've been in business for over 20 years. They're at 511 12th Street. That is West Columbia. In store, they've got an art gallery, home decor, furniture, and gift items. If you got questions, just give them a call. It's 803-739-1337. Open Tuesday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m., then, of course, if you want to head on over there on a game day before you head to williams Price Stadium, they're open on Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Give them a follow on Instagram, at GoldlineFramingSC. They're always posting examples of what they have both in-store and some of their custom framing jobs. Again, that is Goldline Framing in West Columbia, South Carolina, owned by a Gamecock great, former Gamecock club uh, worker, Kendall Walsh. Go check them out. What did Beamer have to say about Rattler and his development through the camp or camp so far? We'll hear from him next. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, 1075 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen, with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecock, 1075 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Here on 107.5 The Game, Tyler West and Chris Long with you for a few more minutes before turn, turning things over to the halftime show with Jay today as Terry's filling in for Heath from 3 until 6. One more cut here from Coach Beamer talking about Spencer Rattler and his development through camp so far. Uh, really, um, really pleased with where he is right now. I think he's grown as a leader uh, over the summer and over the year. Uh, he's got a great relationship with Dow and the way that they work together. His knowledge of the offense, there are some carryover, is some carryover from what we did last year, but terminology wise, there's a lot that's, that's different as well. Um, so there's things that he's had to learn, but he seems very confident. You know, I was cognizant today of the play clock and being able to communicate and get things in and call stuff and didn't have any issues with that. And he did a great job. So I think really Colin just his, command of the offense and and uh, uh, 
he's a competitor, you know, and he wanted to be out there today. You know, we had some drives where drive was over, and I was going to send a new group out there, and he he wanted to stay out there. And hey, let me get a, let me get some more plays and things like that. That's just his mentality, like where he is right now. Uh, nothing too surprising there. Sounds like kind of checked all the boxes of what you want to hear about your quarterback. Couple weeks fourth season. Yeah, and I think uh, the the thing that maybe caught my attention the most on that was the the mention of the the new terminology. And I, I think that is one thing, as much as we have tried to talk about this new offense, we still don't know exactly what it is or how different it's going to be. And, you know, I, I know at times they have talked about some of the terminology was going to stay the same, I think, and it was going to be more, hey, Dow Loggins is going to learn this because everybody else already calls it this, basically, as opposed to everybody learning. But if you have a new OC, you're doing some things a little bit differently. You're going to have new stuff. You have new concepts. You have new ways maybe of reading the same concept. So I do think that's an interesting point. If this was not a new offense, you probably are maybe already at the point, maybe not in scrimmage one, but eventually you were already at the point of maybe starting to dial back some of Spencer's reps with this being a new offense, new terminology. A big part of the scrimmages is being able to actually go through the mechanics of getting plays from the sideline, getting them to the players, you know, from quarterback to, to everybody else. And I think because of that, you, you do have to continue to get uh, Rattler lots of reps. And uh, I think it speaks to his competitiveness and his just um, where his head is at as a leader of this team that he said, uh, according to Beamer, he said, well, hey, no, I, I need I need a couple more reps here at this. And I, I think... He's at the point where he has earned the ability to say that. Yeah, the, the thing that stood out to me with what Beamer said <clears throat> about Rattler is, yes, the reps. But also, you know, the terminology, I think we do tend to forget that there are some differences because everybody's assuming, and I think there are some fair assumptions in here, hey, it'll be better than last year because of how they're going to streamline things. That is true, but it is different. And so you have to remember... This is a different offense. There's going to be some carryover from what worked last season. There were some things that worked last season. They're going to bring some of that. They're going to bring some concepts that Rattler was familiar with and comfortable with from Oklahoma, some NFL stuff, some Arkansas stuff. So it'll be those last two things maybe where the learning curve is greater. Um, there are things. They are things that mentally Rattler will be able to execute. There are things that certainly physically he'll be able to execute. But nonetheless, different. And so there, there have been spring, summer, preseason, you got to adjust to those things. I think all indications are he's comfortable with those aspects. I wanted to mention that too, and I'm glad you played that cut, Tyler, because I think all of this ties in with what we were talking about last segment, and that is the turnovers, right? It, it is easy to make the leap that at times last season the team struggled yep. with turnovers because um, just mentally – Maybe there was too much or, or there, there was kind of a lack of confidence in what they were trying to go out in there and execute. When you streamline things to AA plays that and concepts that you're more comfortable with that maybe fit the players better, and that's kind of the overarching concern versus, hey, run this particular play, I think that helps. You also have Spencer being in year two. You have these other guys, a lot of them being a year older and kind of growing in confidence in the offseason. I think that helps you. Uh, a lot of the turnover game is mental. You know, a, a bad throw by a quarterback. You know, so, sometimes you're just going to get beat 
trying to block a defensive end from Georgia or Florida or Tennessee, and you're going to give up a pressure that might result in a bad play. But you don't want that to be because of hesitation sure. or something like that. So uh, look, there are certain things as it relates to turnover, just how your points of pressure on the football if you're a running back. But there are other things, even going down to quarterback decision-making, that I think a, a well-administered offense can help you with. And whether it's how they're getting the plays in or the types of plays they're running, you tend to feel like you've heard some good things there that are going to help you operate more efficiently and hopefully cut down on these turnovers. Yeah, and I think um, ultimately there's a lot of reasons you can have turnovers. We talked about it in another show Way too many fumbles last year as well. I, I think there, like anything, there are multiple reasons, but certainly I, I think not having to process so much on, on offense can uh, can be a big part of that. And you just, again, I'll say it again, you hope that if you're South Carolina, you don't go too far in the other direction where you are so concerned about turnovers that you just don't go play the game. You've got to be able to just go play the game, play free, and yes, you're going to turn the ball over from time to time. You've got to walk that line between aggressiveness and not being just completely uh, loose with the football. Right. That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Halftime show with Jay coming up next here on 107.5 The Game. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.